You're listening to Local Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you to be with and follow Jesus. Enjoy the sermon. All right, let's open our Bibles to the book of Luke. That's what we've been journeying through together. And we are Luke chapter 10 today. That's a new chapter. It's the one after nine. After we've, we've done a few weeks in nine. I think a month or so in nine. It's also the one before 11. Just thought I'd try that because the, the first joke landed so hard. I was like, eh, maybe we go with the before 11 one. That, that after nine one really, really nailed it. All right, Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 12. I'll, re- I'll read it and then we'll spend some time in it. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. All right, Jesus, we thank you for your word. Um, Speak to us, encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we jump into this, I want to remind you guys that Jesus, that you can know Jesus, that we meet together because we can actually have a relationship with Jesus, that we believe Jesus is part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit, Um, and you can do whole sermons on unpacking and breaking that down, but that in a nutshell— a Trinitarian nutshell. There's, there's a way to handle the Trinity. Just put it in a nutshell. <laughs> Jesus is God. And Jesus is the creator. And Jesus was there in the beginning and spoke the world into existence. And you and I, we can have a relationship with Jesus. That church and Christianity, it isn't just religion. It isn't uh, just tradition and doing things. It's actually a relationship with the creator of the universe. And we believe that Jesus is not just the creator, but he's also the savior, that he can save us from our sins. He can save us from our brokenness. He can redeem us. He can transform us. And we can have a real relationship with the savior, with the hero of the world, that the world is the hero of this world, the hero of the big story, the hero of the story of God is Jesus. And we can have a relationship with, with that hero. Jesus, the, the God-man, the greatest man in human history, 
More songs have been written and sung to Jesus than any other figure in the world. The Bible, which is all about Jesus, is the most read, written, sold, translated book in the history of the world. Even other religions can't get away from Jesus. They have to have some sort of statement about Jesus. In Hinduism, which worships all sorts of gods, they say Jesus is one of the gods. Buddhism say Jesus is a great example and that you should follow him, that he was an enlightened one. Muslims believe that he was a great prophet. All the world major religions, they have to do something with Jesus. But what does Jesus say about himself? Jesus says that he's not just one of those gods. He doesn't say he's an enlightened one. He doesn't say he's just a prophet. He says he is God and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the Savior. That he is the one that created the world. And he is the one that on the last days will judge the living and the dead. And you and I can have a relationship with the greatest figure in all of human history. We can know him. We can be friends with him. We can speak to him. We can hear his voice through God's word. At times, you can even feel his presence. There's times where you just emotionally can feel his presence and his nearness. You can have a real, tangible, visceral, eternal, and lasting relationship with Jesus. And the world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. So the world keeps looking to itself to figure things out. We're all about self-esteem or self-aggrandizement or self-ambition or self-ishness or self-fees. There's just self, self, self. Be self-centered. You just do what yourself wants to do. You can self-identify. You can self-anything. It's just about self. And the problem is, is it's not really working. Humans obsessed with self is not bringing any harmony into the world. It's not bringing any joy into the world. We can't actually save ourselves. We can't forgive ourselves. We can't redeem ourselves. We can't make ourselves eternal because we are not God. We are humans. And every time we try to focus more and more on ourselves, we actually end up hurting ourselves. We don't need more self-esteem. We actually need God-esteem. We need a bigger picture of God in our life. We need to esteem God more in our life. We don't need self-centeredness. We need God-centeredness. We need to center our life on God. The world doesn't need more self. It needs more of Jesus. The world needs Jesus. They need Jesus actualization, Jesus realization. They need Jesusness, not selfishness. I don't know what they'd do if Jesus sees for selfies. I don't, that one just doesn't work. <laughs> the world needs Jesus. And without Jesus, we are lost. You know, Jesus talks about it like the blind leading the blind. So we're no help to the world. We're no help to the world when we're just lost. When we're just as lost as the world. And we say, hey, follow me. I'm lost. You're lost. Let's all just follow each other and get more lost. And this is what the world is coming up with. Right now, this month, let's say, we'll take New York City, for example. New York City spent $200,000, taxpayer dollars, $200,000 to hire drag queens to perform in public elementary schools. This was their idea of what to spend money on for this month. 
Because if we can become inclusive, if we can get more inclusivity, if we can just teach elementary schoolers to be more inclusive to drag queens, men wearing dresses and tons of makeup, if we can teach elementary schoolers that, then the world will be fixed. These are our solutions. These are the human solutions. This is what it looks like when the lost lead the lost. When the lost lead the lost, we come up with ideas as let's hire drag queens to dance in elementary schools. That's our best ideas. And let's take an entire month to focus on it. That's our best idea. That's the lost needing the lost. And we are lost, and we're the lost guiding the lost. And what we need is to be found by Jesus. We need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. You and I need Jesus. Because Jesus says this about himself, that Jesus is the truth. And this world is starving for truth. It, your truth and my truth and their truth, and let's just get everyone their own truth. It's not working. It doesn't work because it's not true. And as frustrating as it is, as frustrating as it is for this world to say 2 plus 2 can equal 6, it can equal 7, it can equal 9, as long as we all accept it, everyone will be happy. Everyone's not happy. We're more depressed than we've ever been with this strategy. We're more anxious than we've ever been with this strategy. We're more lonely, statistically, than we have ever been with this strategy. Why? Because when the lost leads the lost, we get more lost, which means suicide goes up, depression goes up, anxiety goes up, divorce goes up, self-harm goes up, everything is increasing when the lost is leading the lost. But there is good news because Jesus has come to find every last one of us. And Jesus has said, you are looking for truth and I am the truth. He's saying, you are looking for a way and I am the way. You are looking for light and darkness and Jesus says, I am the light. The world needs Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. And he leads to life and life abundant and here's the good news we need jesus that's the bad news we need him the good news is we can have relationship with him he said i have come to seek and save the lost that's what jesus has come to do to seek and save so if you're here right now and you're like i feel lost i feel hurt i feel broken i feel confused i'm going through this this i've been through that this is happening this is frustrating me jesus has come he left heaven. He went to a cross to seek and save the lost. He came for us. This is the good news. Is the lost don't have to stay lost. The broken don't have to stay broken. The hurting don't have to stay hurting. The ones trapped in their guilt and shame don't have to stay trapped in their guilt and shame. Because Jesus has come to free us. Jesus, we can know him we can have relationship with him. You and I can experience salvation. We can experience redemption. We can experience life and life abundant. We can experience true meaning. We can experience purpose. We can live for something that is true rather than something that is fake. We can live for something that is lasting rather than something that is momentary. We can live for something that is eternal rather than that is just going to fizzle away. 
We can live for Jesus. We can live with Jesus. We can know Jesus. We can have relationship with him now and forever and ever and ever. We need Jesus, and we can have relationship with Jesus. The world needs Jesus, and the world can have relationship with Jesus. And here's what Jesus says. He says, look, out in the world, verse 2, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's saying, look, there's all sorts of people out there that need Jesus. But there's very few people willing to do the hard work to go tell them about Jesus. There's all sorts of people that need Jesus. But who will go and tell the people about Jesus? Who will share Jesus? Who will help others meet and know and be introduced to Jesus? There's no lack of people needing Jesus. Everyone. You ask yourself, well, who needs Jesus? How do I know if someone needs Jesus? If they're wearing a cross necklace, does that mean they don't need Jesus? If they have a sticker on their car, does that mean that who needs Jesus? How do I know who to share Jesus with, when to share Jesus? Everyone needs Jesus all of the time. So you can point everyone you ever meet to Jesus all of the time. And you can remind yourself of Jesus. So who out there needs Jesus? Everyone. Who here needs Jesus? Everyone. When? All of the time. Makes it really easy for us. Everyone needs Jesus all of the time. That's why the harvest is so stinking plentiful. When Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, it's like, who's the harvest? Everyone, when? All the time. That's a pretty plentiful harvest. It's like my house. I have four kids. Okay? The work is plenty in my house. The labors are few. <laughs> we have my wife. She's on full-time staff and works weekends and overtimes. Overtime. And then she has me as a kind of part-time mediocre employee. And we have four interns. And I'll be honest about the interns. I think the interns cause more work than help. <laughs> I, I think the interns are actually making it more work for the full-time employee. <laughs> but we have plenty of laundry. We have plenty of dishes. We have plenty of things to pick up. We have plenty of food to cook. We have plenty of food to put away. And then we have plenty of food to buy because it just all got eaten. But we only have, like, one full-time employee providing all that stuff. We're not even talking about yard work. Right? Plenty of work, not a lot of labors. That's what Jesus is saying here. There's plenty of work to do. There's plenty of people needing Jesus. But we need church labors. We need labors. We need people that are going to Go to work for Jesus. Will you be a laborer for Jesus? First question, though, you have to know Jesus first. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? If you know Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus, then simply share who you know. Share who you know. See, what happens is we worry about, well, do I know enough about Jesus? Do I know enough things? And we worry about what you know. Do I, what do I know? Do I know enough to share Jesus? No, 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 no. Don't worry about what you know. Worry about who you know. Do you know Jesus? If you know Jesus, then just share who you know. You don't have to be able to debate. I'm not asking you to go out and debate. Jesus didn't say the Harvest is plenty, but the debaters are few. 
get to know Jesus and then simply share, share who you know. Get to know Jesus and share who you know. Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's continue on. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. He says, man, we need to, we need to start praying. Lord, Lord, give us more workers. Give us more people to tell people about Jesus. Oh, yay. Oh, my nephew just won his uh, Little League championship game. He just had it, was in the finals. I had to miss the finals to share Jesus with you guys. But he won it. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, I'm so pumped. They had to beat this team twice. They hadn't beaten the team all year. He had a walk-off home run in the first game, so they got to play in the second game. They beat him. Oh, yes, that's awesome. Welcome. We're talking about Jesus here. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. So Jesus is saying, one of the things I would love you to pray for, to be praying about, is you'd be praying, Lord, let there be more people to tell people about Jesus. Lord, we need more people to get to know Jesus, so we need more people that will share Jesus with others. Ask the Lord for more people to be sharing Jesus. We need workers, and when we need something— when we need something vitally important, we want to pray for it. So Jesus is saying, we vitally need these workers, so let's pray for workers. Let's pray for people to share Jesus with others. Now, the rest of this stuff is, uh, there's things we can learn in this passage. Um, but understand that some of what he's talking about is a, a particular commission to this group. Uh, so it's not necessarily like, okay, this is the only way to go and share Jesus. So Greg, he's going to say, I want you to head to these towns. Don't bring your knapsack with you. And I know some of you, you're like, I'm not going anywhere without my knapsack. So it's fine. If you want to go share Jesus and bring your knapsack with you, totally cool. This was specific to these 72 on this specific mission. But there are some practical things we can learn as we go through. So feel free, share Jesus with your knapsack, okay? Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Go your way. I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Here, here's the thing. You might go out and share Jesus with the world. So you're saying, you're hearing this message. You're like, yes, I want Jesus. Yes, I want a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I want others to have a relationship with Jesus. I'm going to go. I'm going to go share Jesus. I'm going to invite him. To, I'm going to tell them, you're lost. Jesus is the way. I'm going to tell them, look, look, drag queen story hour is not what the world needs. They need Jesus. And, and what Jesus wants you to know is as you're going out, he wants you to know that I'm sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Now, let me ask you, if you had some lambs and put them in the midst of wolves, how do you think that would go? Right? It could, it could be a little bloody be a little messy like that's that's not probably going to be great and Jesus wants you to know because some of you are thinking well okay I want this friend to know Jesus and I have this neighbor that wants Jesus yes yes I'm going to go but then and then you start to think and you're starting to think about the conversation in your head right and you're like I'm going to tell him no no what you need is Jesus let me tell about Jesus and you're like that conversation could go 
that could go bad. Right? I'm thinking, they might be like, I don't like this conversation. They might say mean things to you. They might unfriend you on Facebook. It could get that serious. Right? And Jesus is saying, like, don't be surprised. There, there are people out there that are going to hear about Jesus. You're going to tell them about Jesus. If you join the labor force, if you join the workforce, there are going to be people. Well, that's later on. Yeah, let's read it. Let's read it. We'll go there. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. Okay, don't carry sandals. Wear your sandals. And greet no one on the road. <sighs> that's just rude now, Jesus. <laughs> Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the drink, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So again, specific mission, but there are some points that we can apply. And here are some of the points. So one, so look, I'm sending you out and not everyone is going to be favorable to the message that you have to share with them. When you share, like, man, you are a sinner in need of salvation. Your way is the wrong way, and Jesus is the way. Some people are going to receive that, and it's going to be like a lamb going to get amongst wolves. Like, it's just not going to go well. But on the other hand, he says, some people will be like a person, he describes it like a person of peace. Right? So they would go into the town, and they're like, hey, if you find a house, and they welcome you in, and they're like, Hey, man, this message you're sharing with us, this is good news. Come on in. Your wife's in the front row right up here. Um, come on in. I saw Nick's looking around. Where do I sit? Oh, man, she's lost. She's pregnant, and I lost her. <laughs> now I'm lost. Some people are going to be like a person of peace. They're going to say, hey, I'm here to share Jesus. I love Jesus. I know Jesus. And they're like, really? You know Jesus? I'm curious. I've been wondering about Jesus. Who is Jesus? Can I buy you a sandwich? That's what's going on here. They're like, come on over to my house, okay? Come on over to my house. We're going to make like a little curry thing, and we're going to just, I'm going to have tea set. And it's like a person of peace. And it's like, I'm going to do like homemade bubble tea with a little tapioca bubble. Like, just come on over. Hang out. And Jesus is saying, look, if they do that, hang out, eat with them. And what, what the lesson you can be here is there are some people that you're, they're going to find out that you know Jesus, and you're going to share Jesus with them, and they're going to be drawn to that. And there's going to be natural relationships, and the conversations are going to be natural. And Jesus is saying, look, when that happens, lean in, spend time with them, eat with them, hang out with them, tell them about Jesus, let your peace settle there. Let your peace settle there. Who in your life is showing some interest in Jesus? Who in your life is open to knowing about Jesus? Where are the conversations where they don't just immediately 
give you the bird, but are like, yeah, what, 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 you said what again about Jesus? Tell me, that's, that's really impacting your life. What about your church? Like, lean into those conversations. This is, this is where to start doing your labor. Start doing your work here. Work, work there. But then he says, others, others are just going to say, get out of here, basically. There's going to be others that you'll share Jesus with. And here's what sometimes happens. And I've seen this happen. A lot of times it'll happen with people you've had a long time relationship with. And you've already done, like, a lot of arguing, right? It's just, like, basically, not only Jesus sharing, it's, like, Jesus arguing, right? And you're trying to, like, argue them to faith, and it's not really working, and they're just arguing back, and it's just anytime you talk about it, then you're trying to, like, one-thump them or something, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, well, you thought about this? Um, and it's not that you give up on this friend but Jesus is saying be wise because you can spend all your time all your energy all your efforts on someone who at this point is not open to Jesus and you're just trying to like force feed Jesus and it's a bad use of the laborer's time it's a bad use of of your work it's it's a little like when you have like all of your laundry and all of your dishes to do and it's a windstorm outside and you just keep trying to like blow the leaves off the driveway right You're like you got tons of chores you could be doing inside right and the interns are just making it bigger while you're out there right you're out there, you're blowing the driveway, and leaves just keep falling down, leaves keep falling down, you're like, oh, there's leaves over there, I got them. Oh, no, these ones are over there. Meanwhile, your four interns inside are just tearing the place apart. You're just like, what happened with them? And you just spend all your time here, and you're just causing more and more. When you could have just said, hey, four interns, go play in the wind, and well, I'm going to try to get caught up on laundry. Jesus is saying, this is, that's what it's like when you keep trying to maybe force Jesus into someone who is, at this moment, rejecting Jesus. Doesn't mean you stop loving the person. Doesn't mean you stop praying for the person. Doesn't mean you're not open if the conversation does come up. But remember what we said before. Where's the harvest? Like everyone everywhere. So if you, like, press on to the next relationship and press into the ones that are showing opening, where there's Where's that, there's that peace in the relationship, where there is the curiosity. Because what will happen, we'll spend all our time trying to, like, bang through this brick wall when there's, like, ten people over here that are like, I would really like to know more about Jesus. But we get stuck, stuck in this one, and then we get discouraged on that one, and that keeps us from sharing elsewhere, too. This isn't working. I'm so discouraged. This isn't going anywhere. And the Lord, meanwhile, has got all these other people placed right next to you that if you would just initiate the conversation, there'd actually be a lot of interest. And that's what he's saying here. Look for the people of peace. The other part of this strategy, Jesus is very strategic. 
He says, once you find that house, just stay and remain there. Why? What was the point here that he's talking about? Is if you find people that are interested in Jesus and you help them get to know Jesus and love Jesus and serve Jesus, they're going to have relationships to tell others about Jesus as well. But if you just are just track bombing them all, then you won't be able to go in depth with them. And then because the way that things worked is in that time, especially it was a very village mentality. So if the house welcomed you, you were kind of being welcomed to share Jesus within all the relationships and the people that came to that household. And that's part of what he's inviting you to do. So if you just get rejected, and sometimes you will, right? Lamb amongst wolves. Then pray and press on. So first, have a relationship with Jesus for yourself. You need to know Jesus first. Get in deep relationship with Jesus. Second, share who you know. If you know Jesus, share him with others. Share who you know. Third, invite others to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I want you to invite you to know him. Listen, we want, we want there to, you guys to be laborers that are out getting to share Jesus with those that you know. This is the most meaningful and eternal work you could be a part of, right? If this is true, if this is true, all the stuff that we started with, if Jesus really is the creator of the universe, if Jesus really is the Savior, if Jesus really is who he says he is, if Jesus really hung on the cross and took our sin and took our brokenness and took our guilt and took our shame and then three days later rose again from the grave and is at the right hand of the Father ruling and reigning and really will come back to judge the living and the dead, if all of that is true, then is there any work that could be more important than introducing people to that God-man, Jesus Christ? If that is true, is there any work that would be more valuable, more meaningful, more eternal than that work? No. If this is true, then this is the most meaningful thing you could do is helping others know Jesus. Being a labor, the harvest is plentiful. And if this is true, then we need labors for the harvest, as Jesus says. We need to pray for them, and I'm inviting you to be them. Finally, I would say invite people to the gathering. Invite people to the gathering. The, the church gathered. The church gathered. There's uh, specific things that happen when the church is gathered that are unique, that is a unique way that people can meet Jesus. One, you get the body of Christ coming together, the hands and feet of Christ, that you get to know Jesus within his community in a way that is distinct and, and different than just in one-on-one -on -one relationships. There's something unique about when Jesus' people come together. Second, this is why we preach Jesus every Sunday, so people can meet Jesus, so they can come and learn about Jesus and know about Jesus. This is why we're not just going to talk about a bunch of random stuff. Like, no, we want people to know Jesus, and this is a space where people can hear about Jesus for an extended time, because some of us know you might have a relationship with, with a person for years and maybe get a five minutes to talk to him about Jesus once over like months or years, and you're like, man, I got to have that conversation. And then it's powerful, and I want you to have that conversation. We want those to be happening all the time. 
Um, but if they are able to come to a gathering, if they're able to invite them to a gathering and come here, they get to hear about Jesus for like over an hour. They get to hear sometimes your guys' stories, what Jesus is doing. They get to hear Jesus preach through the word. They get to hear songs that are about Jesus and sung to Jesus and hear just real people praying to the real God, Jesus. And there's an impact that can be happening there. So I encourage you also, as part of labors, invite people to Jesus. That's why we made these invite cards. Make it simple. QR code on the back to make it, yeah, Kristen gave thumbs up. This is to appeal to the millennials, so I'm hip. QR code hip right here. You're proud of me. Got that on there. I've never done a QR code, but I did get this on here, and it works. Steven, who's not here today, tried it out on his phone, and it worked, and he was very proud of me. He's like, Stephen works in tech if you don't know him, and he's like, good job on this, Jake. I was like, yes. <laughs> All right, Stephen's like, good job. I'm in. So have, uh, have these on you. Have them in your wallet. Have them in your purse. Have them in your knapsack. Have them in your knapsack, and when you're telling people about Jesus, your environment, church, give them this too so they have something like, because people don't remember, like, where was it? What time was it? I've had people, like, um, I've already told them what time and what place and where it is, like, ten times. They're like, oh, yeah, where is it again? I'm like, are you really asking me that? But what time is it at? Sunday at 5, church by the library. Then I give them this card. And they go, wow, is that a QR code? No one's mentioned. No, I think maybe one person mentioned the QR code. I digress. Enough about the QR code. How is your relationship with Jesus? Do you know the creator? Are you spending time with him? Now we don't we don't just have go through the motions religion. We get to have relationship, speak with, hear from, walk with the Savior of the world. How is your relationship with Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, you can know him freely. You can have a relationship with the creator of the world. You can have a relationship with the Savior. You can have redemption today. He invites you. If you do know Jesus, are you spending time with him? Are you walking with him? Are you enjoying all that there is to enjoy in Jesus? I encourage you. Build your relationship with Jesus. And if you're building a relationship with Jesus, are you one of his laborers? Jesus, think about this. Jesus himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, requested this. He said, pray for laborers of the harvest. And we have an opportunity to be an answer to one of Jesus' prayer requests. Of what? I mean, how often do we have that, that opportunity? Like you and I, just normal you and I, just regular people in the youth room by the PCF library, just coming to church at 5 o'clock, like you and I, normal, just every day, driving regular old cars, people, a beat-up Toyota Sienna van, like beat-up Scion for Justin, like just driving our old car, like, just normal, everyday, you know, maybe a basic, regular job, just maybe out of a job, maybe looking for a j just us. Regular, like, regular dad watching, his, or a regular single person just, you know, just got broken up with, and you're like, I can't even get a date. 
It's like you're here and you can't even get a date, but you and me and us can be an answer to Jesus's prayer request. What, 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 what else are you going to do that's more meaningful than that? You and I can be the answer to the creator of the universe, the one that spoke this world into existence, walks on water, raises dead people, and we buy my clothes on eBay, like, buy used clothes on eBay. Like, most of what I buy is used on eBay. Not this. This is support something. Um, Hope Outfitters. Yeah, bought that new. I can be an answer to Jesus' prayer requests. That's not something we could earn. That's not something we could deserve. That's not something that makes sense. But that's how scandalous his grace is. What else are we going to be doing? We can be an answer to the resurrected king's prayer request. We can be laborers. And we'll never run out of harvest. Never run out of work to do until Jesus comes back. So let's join him. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that we don't just get to know about you, but we can actually know you and have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that we would grow in our relationship with you. Whether it's just starting, whether it's years old, whether it's on fire right now, or whether it's felt dry and empty, we can have a relationship with you. And we thank you and praise you for that. And Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to be the answer to your prayer request? Would you help us to be laborers and workers in this harvest? Would you help us to be men and women that share Jesus, that share who we know with others? Would you help us to be witnesses? Would you help us to be inviters, inviting others to know Jesus, Lord? Not forcing you on people, but with love, with kindness, with relationship, just saying, do you know Jesus? I would love to introduce you to Jesus. And Lord, we pray for the harvest. We pray that more and more people would meet Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Lord, we need you. The world needs you. Would you help us? Help us proclaim what the world really needs. Lord, this world is tired of the lost leading the lost. It's tired of just aimlessly having nothing that is true or real or lasting. We need God to define us. We need God to define this world. We need God to show us the way. We need a light and darkness, Lord. Help us to cling to the light, but also help us to share and be the light for others. We pray for this community, that together we would be a people of light, shining forth your goodness. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me leave you with this benediction. Locals, Jesus loves you. The creator of the universe loves you. He desires to be in real, lasting, eternal, intimate relationship with you. Join relationship with Jesus. And Jesus invites you to join him in the greatest mission that there ever was or will be, an eternal mission. He is looking for, he is praying for workers for the harvest. Join him.
be a worker for the harvest. Go, share Jesus, share who you know with a world that needs Jesus just as we need Jesus. Go in peace. Thank you for listening to Local Church Podcast. To learn more about our Jesus community, visit us at www.localchurchgh.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.